It's time for Ask Dale Anything, the show that answers your most perplexing questions with profound answers from one of the top transformational teachers and leaders on the planet, Dale Halloway. I'm your host, Mickey Manning, Dale's left-hand person, as I like to call it, and I've never heard a question that he can't answer. He's been doing this for over 40 years now, and he truly has an answer that's profound and helpful on any topic. So with that, let's get into today's question. So Dale, I've got another awesome question for you. Are you ready? Uh, yes, I'm ready, <laughs> and I'm sure you do have an awesome question. <laughs> Always a question. <laughs> well, you know, before we get going with that, I do want to uh, share about our best question bonus giveaway. And as I promised on our hundredth episode, we would be doing a second bonus giveaway because we had somehow not done one in a while. So we are doing two within a couple weeks of each other. And uh, the winner that was drawn for this one is um, Peggy from Toronto, Canada on her question, how will I know for sure if I've found the one? Mm. Recall that episode. That was a great one. Yes. Yes. Everybody's looking it. looking for the one. Well, I remember Peggy in particular because the um, I'm originally a Canadian as well. So that um, stands out <laughs> left, right, and center, so to speak, for me. Ah, oh, that's right. Well, Hello, perfect. Canadian. Well, congratulations, Peggy. You won one of Dale's transformational courses. We thank you so much for the great question. And we are so excited that you are our big winner here. And hey, everybody, do remember that if you want to win one of Dale's transformational courses, all you have to do is send your question in to potentially be asked on the air. And uh, but you'll be automatically entered for our best question bonus giveaway. That is an ongoing drawing. And you have the potentiality to not only get your question answered, help other people, but also to win one of Dale's amazing courses that will help you move the needle forward in your your life. So with that, congratulations. And let's get back to today's question. Alrighty. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So Dale, this question was asked by Justice. Uh, I don't know where Justice is from, but um, Justice was uh, recently in one of your classes and she asked this question. Uh, she was from the Manifest Like a Master class that you just had, the seminar that you just had, and she sent this question in. She says, is making a contract with your ego helpful or is that a bad idea? Well, I think, first of all, um, for the most part, we don't make a contract with the ego. Unless, of course, on a conscious level, you choose to go in and make some kind of a contract with the ego. I would suggest rather than a contract, just have it be like an agreement. Because um, as you're waking up more again and becoming more conscious, uh, part of what we're becoming conscious of is our ego. And we're also to become conscious of uh, the relationship that we currently have with our ego. So with most, the relationship with their ego is minimal. With some, the relationship with their ego is just really 
open and expansive and, and uh, of a higher frequency or a higher vibration, if you will, where they've really created a communication channel, a great communication channel between them and their own ego. And why would somebody do such a thing? Well, the ego, um, it's, believe it or not, it needs guidance from you. It needs guidance from you. It needs support from you. Uh, if it doesn't get this level of guidance, if it doesn't get this level of support, then it's just going to keep on robbing more of your power. Therefore, it's going to have more power over you, or it's going to exercise that power over you. It's at some point going to take center stage of your life if you were to allow it to happen this way. And uh, it starts to run the show, basically. So as you're becoming more conscious, as you're becoming more aware of this, uh, do you go into a contractual agreement? Not really. It's just really an agreement that you based uh, that, that you base things on in light of where you're at right now, but then more specifically, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go next with your ego? Because ultimately, you're the one that's to be in charge of your ego. And, and the reality is you also get to be responsible for your ego. So if your ego takes you down a pathway where you end up creating a lot of extra doo-doo for yourself, so to speak, uh, the ego is very unique. It will slip off to the side once the doo-doo has been created and it'll let you deal with the doo-doo, which means it'll let you become responsible for the doo-doo that really happened under, under the influence of your ego. And so that could be one of the agreements. One of the agreements could be is when the ego is starting to go down a path that you really don't want to go down, that you're going to step in and remain conscious and responsible and mature. In other words, you're not going to beat your ego down. You're not going to make your ego wrong. That's, I mean, to do that, that would be you powering up your ego uh, versus you're going to work with your ego. So part of your agreement is when the ego, let's say, is influencing one of your choices and wants you to go down a certain path for whatever its reason, and you become aware of it because you've now established this more fluid communication channel, as well as a relationship that you've been, that you've been cultivating between you and your ego. Now you're going to say to the ego that I hear you, I see you, I feel you. In other words, I can see that you're wanting to go down this path and we're not going to go down this path today. Rather, we're going to go down a different path. In other words, you're going to acknowledge your ego and that's part of your agreement that when this happens, you're going to step in wherever it's appropriate to correct the pathway, to correct whatever it is that needs to be corrected. Because with an ego, you can be assured there's going to be multiple times until you ultimately transcend your ego along your journey where there's going to be a lot of course correcting. Because the ego, even as smart as it can become or as powerful as it can become over somebody or, or over their life, the bottom line is the ego is just not very good at making decisions. The ego is not, I mean, it, it doesn't even have that ability, quite frankly, in all fairness to your ego. So, but your ego can influence the choices. It can influence your decisions. And uh, we'll say maybe some of the times it's a good influence and other times it's not a good influence. In other words, you go, if you choose that, you're going down a rabbit hole. And that rabbit hole, the further you go down, the darker, the denser it's going to become. So coming back to this idea of the agreement, which is a good idea, Right, you start to make this agreement. Uh, of course, you're also establishing that communication channel and you're also cultivating a conscious relationship with it. 
So that's all happening versus if I just go in and make an agreement, but I don't have those other two things in place yet, then more than likely the agreement's going to get sabotaged almost every single time. So it is a good idea. I am recommending it in terms of my answer to you uh, uh, here today, Justice, um, that uh, you know, it's not just a agreement. I would also add to, add to this is that over time, you'll make another agreement. You'll make another agreement. Over time, you'll end up with a, a set of agreements that you've made in relation to your ego. Your ego eventually gets on board with you might have to correct your ego a few times to get it on board with whatever that agreement is. But uh, yes, it is a good idea to do that. You know, that answer really surprised me when you said that, because I, I always felt like if we gave our ego too much, like, I guess, acknowledgement or um, power, you know, maybe that would be giving it that type of power. And so this was really surprising to hear you say, um, is there any way, because I know I've heard you speak so often about the ego being the trickiest of tricksters. Are we setting ourselves up by doing this? Or I guess, how can we avoid setting ourselves up because we know that ego is tricky as you've spoken on so many times? Well, first of all, there's a real difference between acknowledging uh, someone and giving someone your power. Those two are, that's two different worlds, if you will. Um, they're not even alike. And so, to acknowledge your, it is important that you acknowledge its existence. Because if you're not acknowledging its existence, then it's always going to feel like it's wrong by you. And when it feels like it's wrong by you, it's going to it's going to get you to commit to some wrong acts. It will, maybe it won't be the very thing that causes or that creates the doo-doo in your world, but it can influence you to make certain choices that then cause doo-doo in your world. Um, you might recall in Transform Your Destiny, because you were helping me to edit the book, right? That, you know, when I, I break it down to three T's, you've, you've got to be able to um, tame your ego, you've got to be able to teach your ego, and you've got to ultimately be able to transcend your ego. And so, uh, you know, taming is pulling in the reins. And there can be many times where it's more, it's very appropriate to pull in those reins. Uh, then you, then you got to train it. Well, when you're training some, something or someone something, then clearly part of the training is you're, you're going to have to, yeah, it's a wise idea to acknowledge. Or otherwise, the person's going to feel like they're never doing anything right. And if they're feeling like they're never doing anything right, then you know, at some point it's, it's going to back up on you. So we don't want to, you know, you've never heard me ever say disown your ego. You've never heard me say make your ego wrong. You've never heard me say, put your ego in judgment. I've never said such a thing because that, I, I know a lot of people do that, but that's not productive. That's the very thing that your ego will come back and bite you and you know what, if that's how you're showing up. So we do want to acknowledge it. And we also wanted to know that we're now in the captain seat of our own life. We're in the captain seat of our own health. We're in the captain seat of our own happiness. We're in the captain seat of our own success and so on. And that's important to establish. So, you know, just like you would do with your inner child, you know, you've got to step in. And, and if you've got a bratty inner child, you're going to have to step in multiple times 
maybe as frequently as two or three times a day before you course correct on this. If you've got a bully inner child inside, an inner child that likes to bully its way through life, I mean, and you want to correct that, which you can, or heal that, you've got your work cut out for you. And part of that is, part of that work is going to be, is finding things about the inner child or about the ego that where it actually did something right and go and acknowledge that. Even to acknowledge it for its existence, right? Like, I see you. I see you. You know, as I've umpteen times said over the years, you know, and I've had people challenge me with this. They think they can kill their ego because mm. they have their ego. And, and the only reason why you would even think you can kill your ego or kill off your ego is because you have it on all kinds of judgment. You really don't like it. You don't like it. You maybe even hate it. Uh, you're constantly judging it. You're constantly making it wrong. Well, what you don't realize when you're doing those things, you're just actually making it stronger. That's one of the surefire ways to make the ego much stronger and give it more power. Because when you understand opposition and how, how the law of opposition really does work in the universe, that you would never do such a thing. So now the opposite of that would be, in this case, is you know there's times where it's most appropriate to acknowledge. And even if it's just acknowledging its existence, just like you would acknowledge the existence of your inner child, even when it's being bratty. Now, it doesn't mean to say you're going to buy into it. Well, I suppose you could buy into it and let your inner child take center stage and, and, and uh, run you or rule your life. Most certainly, people do it all the time. Same thing with the ego, right? The ego could be up to no good, so to speak. And so to acknowledge it in that case, to acknowledge it that, hey, listen, I see you. I see what you're up to. And because I see it, I'm not going to allow it. In other words, we're going to shift gears here. Why are we shifting gears? Because I'm the captain of the ship. You're not the captain. It's like when you're raising a child and your child is 14 years of age and your 14-year-old teenage son or teenage daughter is ruling the roost of the house. That's because you have not established the right thing to establish, which is, no, you are a member of this household and a significant one at that but you are not the head of the household. I'm the head of the household. But a lot of parents have a difficult time saying that because they don't like to acknowledge that, right? Because they're afraid if they acknowledge that their 14-year-old child's going to leave home or their 14-year-old child's not going to love them anymore or their 14-year-old child's not going to give them approval anymore and so on. So the parent is now terrified of really standing in truth and standing up and saying, you know, yes, you are an equal member in this household. You are significant in this household, acknowledge. And I'm the head of the household here, not you. There'll come a time in your life where you'll be the head of the household. Well, sometimes this is how we need to speak to our ego as well, because our ego is spinning out of control. That's all part of the taming and training. But what I see over and over and over again is people just become so lazy towards this, so lazy. And then, and then more doo-doo gets created in their world. Then they get upset on the doo-doo. And then sometimes they'll take their finger and they'll start looking to point to somebody or make somebody wrong. You know, Got to make somebody wrong for the doo-doo in my world or make somebody wrong for feeling the way I'm feeling right now. 
Well, when I'm doing that with somebody outside of me, I'm doing the exact same thing to some part of me on the inside. And in this case, it's more likely either my ego or my inner child. Very interesting. You know, Dale, I think I just had an epiphany. Hmm. I think I've been making my ego wrong. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I just, when you said that, I was like, but wait, no, but yeah, yeah, totally. I, I so see myself in your reply here. So sorry, ego. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's good to even offer, uh, you know, a gentle apology too, as well, because the ego ultimately, you know, again, you know, we're not going to kill off the ego, even though parts of the ego will die in the trend, the transcendence process. That's a whole nother two day long class, quite frankly, this stuff gets really deep, really, really deep. Right. And, um, and, and you can only go as deep as you can handle, right. You, you, you can't go, you know, to the level of super depth. If you haven't got a good handle on the level of, um, not super death, so to speak, or depth, not death, but the depth. In other words, in other words, there's a process here, right? A process and exactly where you're at. But the, the ultimately, there's parts of the ego that you're going to transcend. And there's parts of the ego that will die off. But the point to this is, you're not going to kill your ego. And on an unconscious level, part of the programming here on our planet or in the lower energy of the matrix is to get you to kill off your ego. And all that's going to do is make your ego stronger. It's one of the tricks of the tricks in the, within the realm of the ego, the collective ego, is to get you to kill it, to get you to judge it, to make it wrong. Once you do that, Guaranteed, you're, you've literally stepped into the trap of basically making your ego stronger. So you, and, and you're not transcending it. You're just simply making it stronger. Stronger for what reason? To take charge of you. Stronger for what reason? To take control of you. Stronger for what reason? To get better at influencing the choices you're about to make in your world. Goodness. It's just so overwhelming when it comes to the ego, you know? I mean, it, it, it's kind of a mind blower here when you start talking about this. And I do think, you know, you've never said make the ego wrong. And yet we all do it all the time. It's, it's such a trap. Well, it's both a trap, but then there's also a, a lower energy pattern. So as an example, you might have that lower energy pattern of judgment where you know, it's not that you're just holding your ego in judgment, but you could be holding your daughter in judgment. You could be holding your son in judgment. You could be holding your dog in judgment. You could be holding your husband in judgment. You could be holding your wife in judgment. I mean, it just goes on, right? But when that's happening, that's because of that lower energy pattern. So, and there, you know, there's many different lower energy patterns. We don't have them all individually, but we have, at the very least, we have a handful of them. We have a handful of the many lower energy patterns that are available to us within the collective consciousness of the ego or the lower energy uh, form of the matrix. And so, you know, you find, I don't know, we'll just say five, we'll say five lower energy patterns that, and, and these patterns are patterns that become habitual. They run your life. They're like a program to that of your computer, unless you recognize what they are and you go to work and transform 
that pattern, that lower energy pattern to its higher octave or transmute that lower energy pattern to its highest octave. Um, uniquely enough, same thing with the ego. You're, you're, trans oh, you're ultimately going to transcend your ego to its higher octave. Um, now, there's an, obviously an art and a mastery to doing this, uh, meaning there's much to learn about this, but that's, that's what it is. It's, you know, the ego, if I'm making the ego wrong, I'm making the ego wrong because I do have a lower energy pattern of just making things wrong. The ego, the trap is, is to get you or us to make the ego wrong. Because if we make the ego wrong, then we end up giving power to the ego. The, the ego will get stronger. Clearly, it'll get stronger. Um, meaning it'll, it'll get more power. And as always, when the ego gets more power, um, it, it's always a power to use over. Whereas when you're in your divine self, you don't use power that way. Far from it. The way you use power at that level is completely night and day type different than that of power over. Power over will ultimately, you know, bring you to, bring you to your knees at some point along your journey. Boy, I tell you what, it is just this topic is just endless. And okay, uh, David asked a question. David's one of our. Um, uh, our participants here, and he just typed in the chat. He says, um, so why do we decide to come here, to come from source where all is well and choose to come here knowing we will create an ego, then allow ourselves to be handcuffed and then struggle to get out of all this ego mess? Then he goes on to say, I understand what is and what we have to do in this life. The question is why? No, the Y has to do with the G word. The God within you wants to expand itself. And the only way that's going to happen is you've got to grow. And the only way you're going to grow is you need the opposition. Again, I've said this so many times that, hey, if you don't want to grow, just stay on the other side. That's all you have to do. Just stay on the other side. Just stay there. And if you do grow, it's going to be slow and coming. And it's not going to be big. Look at, I'm sure everybody already knows this. Isn't it interesting? Everybody will heal something. Everybody will change something. Everybody will grow through something when they're in a crisis. In other words, how many people do you know that basically sit at home in the privacy of their own safe space that they've created, they live in isolation, they spend seven hours a day on the computer, surfing the net, playing around their social media, on Facebook, on Twitter. Then in the evening hours, they watch TV for four and a half hours while they've got a big barrel of popcorn that they chomp on. <laughs> Come the end of the day, how much have they grown? How much have they healed? 
What did they learn and how much did they grow? Exactly. They didn't learn deadly squat. They didn't heal anything and they clearly didn't grow. Why? The way they set it up, they set it up to have everything be comfortable. They've created this comfort zone called their little room, their little house, where they play it really safe. They don't go out and challenge themselves. They're terrified of the challenge. They don't go direct into the eye of opposition. That's way too scary. It's too hard for them. So they avoid all this like the plague. If that's, if that's your lifestyle, then at the end of your life, there will be very little growth. And your soul will like, well, that was kind of a waste. You just spent 73 years going through a lifetime. And now we're 73 years later with very little growth. Like little growth. Now you might say, but I, 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 I made it for 73 years. Yeah, you made it. You survived through 73 years. You never dealt with the opposition. You ran away from the opposition because you're constantly in this judgment that there shouldn't be any op opposition, that there shouldn't be an ego. There shouldn't be this, there shouldn't be that, or constantly, why this, why that, why this? Missing the whole mark. Missing the, the profound, powerful reason of the opposition. Remember, as a soul, every soul has a certain amount of wisdom. Some souls have a lot more wisdom, and some souls even have more wisdom than a lot more wisdom. But how did they get the wisdom? And when you're on the other side, at whatever level of wisdom that you're currently um, in and operating from, then as a soul, why would you choose to come here? If in fact, your soul just wants it to be easy, your soul doesn't want any opposition. Your soul doesn't want any of this. Then why did you as a soul come here? Your soul already knew in advance it was going to be like this. The only part of you that didn't know this was going to be is quite frankly, your little personality. That also gets created once you show up here. And so you can get caught up in that personality. And then in that personality, maybe you're thinking that's your soul. But thinking that's your soul and actually experiencing your soul in physical form, that's, that's two different worlds. Once you start experiencing your soul, then this is easy to uncover. This is just so easy to uncover because now you start to see the real value behind the opposition, right? When you go in the gym and you want to build some muscles, you build muscles with opposition. You don't just lay in the chair. You lay in the chair, your muscles are going to atrophy. Your muscles are only going to develop when you get on the floor and you start doing push-ups every day. And you've got to do them. You start with two push-ups a day, then you go to four push-ups a day, and then you go to 10 push-ups a day, you get the idea. And if you're willing to do this over a period of time, in other words, you're willing to experience that level of opposition, 
then maybe 30 days from now, your muscles start to take on a new, def new level of definition. Uh, six months from now, wow, something's really changed. But that's because you purposely went and dealt with the opposition. You embraced the opposition. You didn't run away from it. Where other people, they just don't want the opposition. It's too much work. It's too much work. And, 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 and that's not even true. It's, it's the opposition itself is not where it's too much work. What happens is when you drop into unconscious resistance towards the opposition, that is a lot of work. That will burn you out. That could drain you. That could literally deplete you. In other words, you're being active towards your own opposition. You're being active by resisting your own opposition or the force of opposition in your life. So remember, if you go back to, you know, that wonderful movie with the Matrix. Uh, okay, so Neil could have stayed on the other side at soul level. But would he, would he ever accomplish what he accomplished, first and foremost, within inside of himself? And then second of all, in terms of how he helps a sector of the universe? Could that even, even have happened? And the answer is no. It's 100% no. He needed Agent Smith in order for him to wake up, in order for him to level up, in order for him to strengthen something was inside of himself. And you see that it's that's well depicted in, in in the movie, in the story as it's unfolding on the screen. But meanwhile, you have other people just, you know, they complain about the opposition. They constantly question the opposition. Why, 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 Lord? Why, God? Why, universe? Why, spirit? Why does this have to be so hard in this way? It's only being hard because we're not recognizing the significance of the opposition. And because we're not recognizing the opposition, the significance of the opposition, then clearly by law, you're going to drop into resisting the opposition. The moment you drop into a resistance towards the opposition, that's it. That's it. Now, this is where it becomes extra hard. And if you still don't correct it over time, it will weaken you. It will weaken you. In fact, you might even die. You might even die prematurely. Because at some point, your life force becomes so weak that you have very little life force to even animate your body anymore. At that point, more than likely, you're going to die. But that's the person doing it to themselves. God's not doing it to them. The universe is not doing it to them. That's the person doing it to themselves. Are they aware that's what they're doing to themselves? Probably not. They're more unconscious than conscious. They may be acting like they're conscious, like, look at how brilliant I am. You know, I just read four books and I know everything now about the universe intellectually, which we're entitled to as well. So opposition, including your ego, is all part of it. Um, you take this ego that you created, or at the very least co-created, and you ultimately transcend it for real now. And you'll really know what I'm talking about here today. You'll really see and come to greatly appreciate the significance of that opposition, that opposition that literally showed up inside of you through that of your own ego. 
And that's why whenever we're around a master, you're around somebody who has just lives in immense gratitude for everything. Well, what you perhaps don't know is the difference between them as a master and all of their students is they've actually experienced a lot more opposition than their students have on a conscious level. It just naturally brings you to a deeper state of appreciation and gratitude where you're able to live in that gratitude. The gratitude's not hit and miss, like, you know, in this moment I'm feeling grateful, and next moment I'm feeling completely something different, you know? And so, but they stay there. They stay there. And that's one of the formulas and how you stay there. It takes time, there's no question about it. But once you're there, you're there. You're there. And but that's now you've went face to face with the opposition multiple times over a long period of time. It's, it really is a beautiful thing once you're able to see it. And then it becomes even more beautiful once you're able to understand it in that of your own physical form where you're now living your life this way. Wow, that's so brilliant. So I think the gym analogy really like hit home with a lot of us. I, I now see this like, yes, it's earth school, but we're in like the muscle building school of life. You know, that, that makes so much sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's these inner muscles, right? You've got your outer muscles, like your bicep, your pectorials and quads and so on. Right? right, that you can develop in the gym or develop at home if you just identify the right exercises. You'd be amazed at what you're capable of doing right. when you go directly into that opposition consciously in a way that where you're actually embracing it. But that is a good example because there's also these inner muscles. And the inner muscles, you, you, I mean, you can't see with your physical eye right. um, like you can your bicep or your quads and so on and so forth. Those muscles you can actually see, but these muscles you cannot see. These muscles you actually feel and experience. But in order for them to be developed like that with your physical muscles, you're going to need some opposition in order to help you along your way. Now your soul, your magnificent soul already knew this. It knew this prior to you taking your first breath. But when somebody's disorganized this way internally, that just, it just shows that there's still somewhat of a disconnect to them, to wherever they're at in their journey with themselves and their own soul. Because if they were fully connected with their soul, then again, you, you'll see this. They do not make the opposition um, bad, so to speak. They do not make the opposition wrong. They're, they're constantly welcoming the opportunity to deepen their understanding around why the opposition, the significance of the opposition, how the opposition ultimately is gonna help them to accomplish what they've come here to accomplish at and from soul level. Mm. Amazing. Well, I think that's why one of my favorite quotes of yours is still to this day, what challenges us is designed to change us. And it's so easy to take that. It seems so simple, but it's so profound. Yeah, it is. It's this life-changing, life-altering, you know, profound. Uh, there's just so many benefits here for people 
um, that they can begin to access and experience in their own world, not all benefits at one time, but benefits over a period of time. You know, um, once we learn about this or remember this again or become conscious of this or somebody comes into our life and starts to crack us open to this this truth that is and then we choose to start working with this in our own day-to-day worlds and when we start doing that and we turn that into somewhat of a lifestyle that's when we start to receive these benefits just like when you decide that you do want to um develop your body or some part of your body and have that be stronger or maybe more defined physique or whatever that might look like for you. Um, Then you got to identify these other things like where are you going to do this? How are you going to do this? And when are you going to do this? As in what time of the day, what time of the week kind of thing. Then you got to get really disciplined. You got to get disciplined and you got to be consistent. And if you're willing to do those things and just 30 days from now, you're going to see some kind of a difference. 90 days from now, you might not even recognize yourself. A year from now, you definitely won't recognize yourself. If you were to continue, I say if, because, you know, I mean, this has been an identified problem now in our race is that even with people that get started on something that's actually healthy for them, they have a difficult time staying with it. They maybe stay with it for maybe six weeks and they drop it. And then they go on to something else. So they never get the ultimate benefit because they're constantly chasing after something else. Um, instead of recognizing that something that they've now found, this is the something that could take them to, to nirvana. But they just don't stay with it. Uh, that's one of the problems that many people are experiencing. In fact, as a race, as I said, this is a big problem. And, you know, they just have a difficult time staying with something, staying on it, and then getting really, I call it progressively consistent. You get to that place of becoming a progressive consistent. Oh my gosh. I mean, to learn how to do that and actually do it, it's like, um, you'll be so glad you did. Now, not right away. Uh, again, that's the whole part, right? You don't, you don't really come to this place of being glad you did it. It's like the opposition. You don't come to this deeper, richer place of gratitude and appreciation for opposition until you've been through the opposition multiple times over a long period of time. But, but if you stay with it, you're going to get to that place just like the masters who have gone before you have. And once you're in that place, you get to keep that forever. It now becomes sustainable. So the same thing here is, you know, getting to that place of progressive consistency with something that you know is a good thing for you to be doing for yourself. And yet in the past, you get started in something and Maybe you go at it for six weeks and then all of a sudden you're like, forget about it. You space it. You, you just stop doing it. However you get there. And then two more months go by and you completely forgot that you were doing what you were doing before that was actually working for you or beginning to work for you. And now a couple more months have passed since you kind of abandoned the ship, got off the path. And then you're like, how the heck did I do that? Or better yet, you're now involved in something else and it has nothing to do with what you were doing before that was actually working for you. And you can get like, wow, this is, this is an interesting dynamic. Like what's really going on here? Well, part of that is that's, that could be a trick of your own ego. The other part is then there's the collective ego within the lower energy of the matrix that's constantly sending out broadcast to you as an ego to do some of these things. Like the last thing, the collective ego wants you to do within the lower energy of the matrix 
is to find something that actually works for you and stay with it and, and like literally follow its lead to the T. I learned this when I was a young man with my, one of my first mentors. And it was a tough, it was a tough lesson for me to learn. But fortunately, I, I learned it by the time I turned you know, 27, 28 years of age in this life. And that he would not let me go. He just like, bam, constantly in my face, constantly in my face, constantly. Um, and I'm glad he was, especially today. I mean, gosh almighty. Back then, there were times where I wasn't as glad that he was in my face as much as he was. Um, <laughs> but boy, did it ever pay off that he loved me that much. He cared about me that much as a way to help me to really get the lesson for real, embody that lesson. And, um, you know, and once I embodied that, I mean, that wasn't the be all end all for me at that point in time, but clearly it helped me in ways that was to this day, it still helps me because once I get into something, I, I, I do not quit. I do not back off. That's it. I'm going the distance. And I already know that about myself. I'm going the distance. That I proved to myself back in my 20s. And so, and that has constantly served me well throughout um, the decades that followed my 20s thus far. And so, and it can serve you too, if it hasn't already been. It can serve each and every one of us. Once you understand the power of this, and then choose to learn how to line yourself up properly to where you end up creating that kind of consistency in a progressive way for yourself, you will be pleasantly surprised with what you can accomplish, what you can ultimately be experiencing within that of your own physical form at the core of your own day-to-day -day life. Um, you could say it might even blow your mind in the best of ways. Mm -hmm. You know, speaking of having something like this happen to you in your 20s, we have a comment here from Jaime, um, and I have to share it with you because it's just so right on with what you're talking about. Uh, he says, me and my brother Aurelio were just talking about this two days ago. How was it that by the time we were in our teens, we were going through our midlife crisis? And a couple years later, we found someone like you, Dale, uh, to help us heal and evolve. Our souls definitely came with a clear mission right off the bat, which was for our soul's evolution. Yeah, that's wonderfully, beautifully said. Um, and it's authentic because you're in touch with your soul. You're definitely in touch with your soul and you're in touch with that one of the, its most original intentions prior to coming, coming into this life and including even the meeting with us at some point. That was all part of it, all part of it. And then, you know, once you, once you really start to understand what it is that's really going on, and just even in a light what Jaime just shared with his brother Aurelio, that once you really understand this at a deeper level, then at that point, there's no more turning back. That's the beauty here. There's no more turning back that nothing in the universe, nothing in your life, no one in your life can sway you again at all. That's what I mean by that consistent progress, that progressive consistency. You know, most people have to earn this. Most people have to achieve this along their journey. I know I sure did. Um, but when you achieve this place along your journey, that's it. That means there's no more going backwards. It's, I, 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 again, I've spoken about this so many times. It's one direction and one direction now only. There's no more back and forth. And that's when your life really starts to change for the better.
little by little, slowly but surely in a consistent way. And you live your life that way, you, you will be so pleasantly surprised with a year from now, what will have occurred in your life three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, it just gets better. It gets better, it gets richer, it gets deeper. You become more expanded because that evolution now that your soul, your soul, your soul signed up for prior to taking your first breath in this life experience, now the soul's getting its way with you. The evolution is now occurring. And when that starts to happen, you just get an extra of everything that's good or everything that's God. It's, it really is a divine thing. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's, I am so happy that we got on this topic. I mean, boy, we really took a journey from the making a contract with your uh, soul and an agreement, as you said, uh, to where we're at now, which is always the fun of these podcasts. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I actually think that's a great place to wrap up. I know we could go on about this, but I feel like this topic has uh, reached a nice place to put a little bow on it. Put the bow on it, Mickey. You're really good at that. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you, Justice, for the great question. And David for the wonderful follow-up. And Jaime for his awesome comment on where they're at in their journey. Uh, this has been a really nice episode. So, uh, and we want to invite you guys to send your question in and get entered in our best question bonus giveaway. All you got to do is send your question to askadale at askdaleanything.com. It's that simple. And you'll get your question entered, uh, and put it into, into our queue for being asked on a future show, and you'll be entered right away into our drawing for one of Dale's transformational courses, which can further your evolution as a soul and help you along your path. So it's a win-win. Send your question in. I didn't mean to rhyme, but that did, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you're a poet and you didn't even know it. Up until this right? <laughs> now, now you know it. Poetry well, Dale, thank you so much for this fun journey today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And thank you, everybody that's listened in and for all the wonderful questions that came in today. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. And if you found Dale's teachings helpful and you want to get more of them, then you might really like his free ebook that we have for you, 12 Simple Ways to Change Your Life in 30 Days. You can download it for free at dellhalloway.com forward slash practices. That's dellhalloway.com forward slash practices. In it, you'll find 12 simple ways explained to you in exact step-by-step -step fashion that will cause your life to move forward in the next month. Simply choose one of the practices, any one of them, do it for 30 days straight, and you'll see a new you begin to manifest. I am not kidding. Download your free copy today at dalehalaway.com forward slash practices. Oh, and by the way, if you know anybody who might find this content helpful, please share it with them. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you next time.